Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. Thanks for being here today. Today is actually the first ever interview on the Soul Grit Podcast. Up till now, I've only had solo episodes, and let me say, I like this better. I like to be able to talk with friends, and today is a special treat because I have Lindsay Horncole, and she is actually a personal friend of mine. She is not only a psychology major, but also a mom of adoptive kiddos. She is a pastor's wife, and she's also a Revelation Wellness fitness instructor and an amazing artist. She's all around one of the most fun people that I know, so I'm really excited to have her here on the podcast today. Today we are going to be talking about the church and its attitudes towards mental health. We're also going to be talking about taking a holistic approach to our health, meaning we don't leave out our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health, our emotional health, and we also get the chance to participate in the healing that God is offering us. Along with that, we're going to be talking about raising difficult kiddos and emotional regulation, which, guess what, is not just for kids, it's for the grown-ups too. I think you're really going to like this conversation. Lindsay has so much wisdom to share with us, and you're going to love her. So, here we go. All right, thank you for being here. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. This is Lindsay Horncole. Lindsay, would you introduce yourself? I'm so happy to be here with you, Anne. Yes, my name is Lindsay Horncole, and I'm just a normal person with an interest in people. And that interest in people has led me to um, a few different things. So, I mean, what I am is uh, a daughter of God, but what I do has to do with things that he's made me for. He asked me and my husband to adopt, and so we have two adopted kids and one biological kid. They're kind of young. Um, and they're kind of challenging, but I also have an interest in psychology. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in psychology. I'm a pastor's wife and I have the privilege of being a revelation wellness instructor. And that's uh, a fitness and wellness ministry where we get to use fitness and wellness as a tool to spread the gospel. So that's kind of the roundabout version of me. And I've been an artist my whole life. And so that has permeating permeated everything else that I do so that's always there and um, yeah I just I love people and creating for people and being with people and around people and that's kind of me in a nutshell yeah I think Lindsay that's probably why we became friends is because we both love people so much and we like to talk about things that are maybe a little bit deeper than the surface level and we can be interested in each other's emotions and family processes and and the other people that God has put into our life to bless and serve. And so it's been a wonderful journey getting to become your friend over the last few months. Me too. Yeah. 
And now I'm really excited to have you be able to speak to a, hopefully a larger audience and just kind of share some of these conversations that we have just on a normal life. We like to talk about these things. So one of the things I was going to ask you today, Lindsay, is that you now you're a pastor's wife, but you've also been around the church in different contexts over the course of your life. So I wondered what you saw as kind of the way that the church has looked at mental health or emotional health over the time that you've been alive. Yeah, that's a good question. I have been in church from a very young age and um, I'm blessed to have a family that we have a big family that has been in church for a very long time. So it's a conversation that happens at home and on holidays. And it's really normal for us to talk about church related things. Church culture is very normal for us. So mental health in the church, in my experience has been something that I've never seen anyone stiff arm per se. I don't think that I've, heard anyone um, necessarily condemn things like um, getting well or therapy or psychology or uh, mental health practices. But I have yet to see the majority of people do those things and talk about those things well. Hmm. So it's as if um, in, in my experience, I've really seen people um, be open to the idea of uh, mental health, but nobody knows what to do. And I don't think anyone would condemn me for going for therapy, but for therapy for themselves just seems like an intangible or something that they don't need or they don't know how to enter into that space. It's as if people uh, believe in therapy and mental health practices in theory, but in practice, they j it's just not a reality. I would say I have experienced the same, even I have a similar background, been raised in church my whole life. And a lot of the people that I know, even family members really believe that therapy is good for other people, like people with real problems, but not not for ourselves. We don't really need that. Or even getting the the uh, comments of, why do you need to go to therapy? Don't you have good friends? Don't you have a pastor? Don't you have a small group? Absolutely. And you say like people with real problems. I don't think anybody ever puts themselves in the category of uh, bad enough to go get therapy. Because yeah. I could just like, I'll bring this up in my Bible study and we'll just pray about it. Or mm -hmm. I will ask someone to lay hands on, or I will write this on the comment card for, you know, and if somebody really righteous prays for me, then I'm good, you know, or, or I just need to dig into the Bible deeper mm -hmm. and then this will go away. Um, rather than seeking someone who knows how people work mm -hmm. to help me be a better people, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I have to say, even as a therapist, it it takes a lot of convincing of myself that I should go to therapy too, even though that's part of our ethical requirements and that's part of our standard of care that we get care for ourselves. But I have to really go through a process to decide, oh, I guess it's time to go to therapy again. <laughs> Whereas everybody else in my life, I'm like, you know what would really help? Therapy. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I hear a phrase getting tossed around and that is do your work or do mm. the work, go to therapy. It's hard work, right? It is um, work. And I think sometimes in evangelical um, church circles, we are taught that work isn't good and work um, is not going to, it, because when we err on the side of grace, we may be opposed to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we're a grace based faith, then working for our faith, um, it doesn't line up with scripture. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't mean that working for wellness or partnering with God in our, in our work for wellness is wrong. You know, I think about when I think about partnering with God, I think about him inviting us into the miracle of being well. When Jesus is about to feed the 5,000, the disciples say, okay, there's a problem. Everybody's hungry. Jesus says, well, go feed them. You do it. He doesn't snap his fingers and make everybody not hungry. And he also doesn't just like whip up something out of thin air. He invites the disciples into that miracle making process of meeting people's needs and Mm -hmm. making people um, come back to wellness. I mean, I would say filling your tummy makes you well. Mm-hmm. So it, Jesus also in healing the the cripple, telling him to go to the, the pool. This means like he sent him in Jesus telling this man to get up and walk. Mm-hmm. He was made well. Yes. There's this sort of partnering in God with God in our wellness and in our wholeness that it is not something that I passively sit back and let happen to me. Mm-hmm. It is something that I get up and get to do with him. And I can't do any of it without him. It's all 100% all his power and his grace mm-hmm. that allows me to even get up in the first place. But in your, in your going, you are healed. And um, that's, I think, sometimes the part the church might miss is that my health and my wellness depends on me getting up and, and taking advantage of what God has to offer. Mm-hmm. Or even that it might include going to therapy or working through some trauma, doing some journaling or some mindfulness. Exactly. That those could be the activities, not just going to Bible study, going to 6 a.m. prayer, making sure you checked off your Bible reading plan for the day. Like, yes, do those activities, but that may not be all it takes to get your mental wellness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Naaman, when he when Jesus told him to go wash, remember, he was royalty. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to go in this filthy, old, nasty Jewish water. Yeah. Like, he did, isn't his water back home good enough? What he thought his wellness was going to come from was extravagant. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus just said, Hey, sometimes it's like the basic, simple stuff who, I don't even remember who, who the prophet was. Was it Elisha maybe? But the point is that sometimes our wellness just doesn't look as fancy as we thought it would. So maybe sometimes it's writing in a journal or mm-hmm. moving our bodies or going to therapy. And that's okay because God owns it all. It all belongs. He, he owns the mind. He owns the body. He owns the word. Um, it is all from him to be used for his glory. Yes. 
So, Lindsay, how have you seen the attitudes change in recent years, if you have at all, maybe even in your own church context now? I have had an interesting journey where um, we have moved a little bit and sometimes even location changes uh, the culture of your church. Yes. Um, and we've we've sort of jumped around from um, more conservative or possibly even liturgical to um, even Holy Spirit driven to maybe even a little bit more charismatic in some circles. We've even been a part of a church that has started out more conservative and just over the course of a couple of years become more demonstrative and, and Holy Spirit, and I should say open, more open and younger to, uh, you know, open to maybe some discussions about uh, mental health. And so now we're sort of back in an area that has it's an older church and the people in it have walked faithfully for many, many, many years with the Lord. And so their culture is not the same culture as a 20 something kind of culture. Um, and not because of age, but just because of what's been familiar to them. Mm. So to answer your question, I've, I've seen it all. Mm. And I don't think that we are necessarily progressive if we throw out liturgy and bring in mindfulness and meditation, uh, you know, I, I, I think the whole point is to draw near to the Lord. The whole point of all of this whole game is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And every church is going to be called to do that in different ways. Yes. And I, I'm even seeing some people move away from a more free, um, youthful, progressive style of church to even more liturgy because of various reasons. And I think what I'm implying here is if a church is old school, they, they may not be open to seeing a therapist, but I don't think that's the case. Hmm. What I am saying, though, is that lots of different churches have culture to them with all the beautifully unique people inside of their church. Mm -hmm. When we become homogenized, it's not necessarily reflective of heaven. Right. Heaven is going to have all different colors of folks and and abilities and and, um, just the diversity is going to reflect God's beautiful and unique nature. And I would love to see that within each church while still meeting the needs of the area around it and being relevant Mm -hmm. to that area around it. But the minute we throw out a tool that is used for human flourishing, Mm -hmm. then we might be missing the boat on flourishing really as people, as a people of God in all of our uniquenesses. And I do see therapy as a tool for human flourishing. Right. Yeah. So Lindsay, how do you, how have you seen the church do really well in caring for mental health and where have you seen the church do damage? I'm going to start with what, what church does well. I I've, I have a history with psychology and a love of psychology in general. I also have a very deep love of Jesus and a mm-hmm. history with walking with him. 
And the two have never been separate for me. Good. I sat in an abnormal psychology class one time and uh, another woman in this class was a believer and we uh, chatted often with a young man who was agnostic. Hmm. And one day he asked us, how, if you believe all of this, how do you believe that there's a good God? And my friend, this woman said, oh, I look at this same material that you're looking at. And I think, how can you not mm. believe that there is a good God? Psychology and faith have always gone together with me. The church does a, a great job of reminding us of things like taking our thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. Whereas like cognitive behavior behaviorists might say awareness, but where the Bible follows up, where maybe a psychologist may fall short is um, reminding us that our mind is made by a creator God Mm -hmm. and it reflects his character. And so I know that there's a, there's, there's definitely a part of therapy that is enriched by the word of God. Yes. And the better I know the word of God, the more I can apply that to therapy. Mm-hmm. When, when a therapist talks to me about a negative thought, I can actually sort of assess, is this just a human thought mm-hmm. or am I responsible for ruminating a sinful thought pattern? Yeah. So I can, I can sort of, I think the church does really well in teaching biblical foundational truths that I can then go and apply in a therapist's office. Okay. Good. Some of the things that I think that the church might fall short of is the powerful effectiveness of therapy as if it's lesser than a prayer group, for example, Mm. um, or maybe your faith isn't strong enough if you go to therapy. I think the way that I've seen that the church would fall short in this area is forgetting that God made our minds and our bodies and our brains and they're good. Mm -hmm. I think the church often forgets that the Lord is for my body and my body is for the Lord, meaning my body, including my brain and my mind, yes, was made well. See, when, when Jesus came, he put on a body. He became man. But when he died, he didn't get rid of his body. He kept his body. Yes. He didn't say, okay, now I'm done with that earthly thing. I'm going to go on and be heavenly. He kept his body. He ascended in his body. If his body wasn't good, he wouldn't have taken it with him. Right. Our bodies were made well. Sin ruined it. Jesus brought us back. He redeemed our bodies. And so I think we often forget, whether that's in the issue of um, changing a brain pattern. I mean, seriously, we can take, we can take control of our thoughts in the therapist's office. Mm -hmm. We can reconstruct our brains, our physical brains, our axons and dendrites and our landscape of our brains and how all of those patterns work. And we can, we can interrupt a negative thought pattern that's been burned into our brain 
We can do all of those things and our brains are good. Our brains are made well and God, God owns the mind and he owns the brain and he owns the body. This is where neuroscience is catching up with what God yes. has created. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, and if neuroscience says that our brains are plastic, then we know that we can change our thought patterns. Plastic and, meaning oh, changeable, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. And the Bible says that. I mean, we're, we are to take our thoughts captive and then, you know, we put them on trial and we, we replace truth uh, for lies. And um, yeah, I love that neuroscience and, and lots of science is catching up with what the Bible says. And it's really right. cool to see that happen. Good. All right, Lindsay, what do you see God doing in your life right now in terms of your mental, emotional, spiritual health? And I know that physical health comes in a lot for you. So feel free to talk about that as well. Absolutely. I really believe that we are made to be holistic mm -hmm. beings. Mind, body, soul, and spirit all go together. I can't take control of one area and leave another area to ill health and dis-ease. So when we're talking about mental health, we really need to include everything. For example, moving our bodies and what we're eating, our physical health is very important. Uh, we need to think about our thought process. That's our mind. Mm -hmm. We need to think about our brains and what's going, what is going in? What am I putting mm -hmm. into my brain? Right. Well, so all of this means that mind, soul, body, and spirit, I give all of that over to the Lord and one thing affects the other. I cannot keep these things separated. So if we are holistic people, I know that I'm going to be a better mom if I make time to work out. And if I need to work out, that means that I need to make sure I'm not being held captive by wasting time scrolling on my phone. Um, and if I'm not going to scroll on my phone, that means that I need to make sure that the first thing I do in the morning is get in the word. You see how I'm connecting these, mm -hmm. these areas of my life that if I want to be a great mom, then I need to make sure that I'm letting God into every corner to change me and grow me. Right now, like so many moms of littles, it feels like your littles are your focus every day. Right. And they may bleed into everything else that you do. And because my little ones are particularly challenging, um, I need to make sure that I am learning how to understand them. The happy detective because it's not neurotypical. My kids have a lot of trauma and uh, uh, my adopted kids don't look like my biological kid, but we all live in the same house together and we all feed off of each other's uh, <laughs> dysfunction or, mm -hmm. or health. Um, and so if I'm, if I'm honest, most of my brain space is taken up by how to, um, be a good mom to these difficult kiddos because mm -hmm. that's not all they are. They're not just hard, but man, they're hard. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wonderful and they're joyful. Yeah. Yeah. So 
much of our day-to-day living is figuring out how to understand a little one's brain that looks broken Mm -hmm. and challenges me and stirs up all of my own sin and understanding that God has a plan for that. And he made me their mom on purpose. Yeah. But now the rub happens. And so as we, like every day, that rub is there. And so it's humbling. And I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And it's causing me to press into God even more. But if I want to understand them, I need to know what does trauma do to the brain? Yeah. It's really helpful for me to know what prenatal drug exposure <laughs> causes my kid to behave like, you know, yeah. um, or, you know, what does the infant loss look like? My kid's not just being bad. I need to understand what's going on mm-hmm. underneath the behavior. And what is their um, behavior communicating? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And right now with these kids, you know, I, I can learn every tool in the toolbox and I can give my kids a giant toolbox filled with, you know, ways to help them self-regulate. I didn't even know what self-regulation was a couple years ago, but now I know, you know, that a long, slow exhale calms, you know, the, it, it turns on your rest and digest response because of the vagus nerve. And so like, <laughs> That stuff helps me be a better mom. But what that looks like to my kid is, okay, you're, he's freaking out. Okay, here, you know, blow out the candle on the cake. And so I'll have my, I'll put up my fingers and I coach my child through a breathing exercise. Mm -hmm. They don't need to know that I'm trying to, you know, calm their vagus nerve. nerve. (laughs) (laughs) But that stuff helps me be a better mom. Well, and a big part of that is not just teaching your child to self-regulate, but realizing as the grown-up in the equation that a lot of the escalation comes from your own deregulation or dysregulation. So learning to teach your child to regulate sometimes first comes from you learning to regulate yourself. And then you have more peace. And that's what I'm going through right now. I have felt like for the last several years if I could only get my, <laughs> I'm going to say this out loud on a podcast. <laughs> if I could only get my kids to behave, I would behave better. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds foolish to say that out loud, but that is that was my real functioning thought was I can help my kid do better and be better and then we'll have peace in our family. Yeah. I'm seeing that that's just, it's pointless. Someone said recently, Um, my job is not to engineer my kids or architect them. It's to shepherd them. Mm. That was kind of mind blowing for me. Mm -hmm. But that equation comes up in all of our relationships. Like if my husband weren't such a jerk, I could be a more loving wife or. (laughs) Right. If it weren't for all the people, I'd be an amazing therapist. (laughs) (laughs) If it weren't for all the other people on the highway, I'd be a great driver. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But now what I'm seeing, and I think I told you this recently, even with my own behavior, I can't change my behavior until I change my thoughts. And Mm -hmm. so this has been a process where the first step was realizing I have to do my work. Yes. But then my work isn't changing my behavior and it's Mm -hmm. not even letting God change my behavior. It's inviting him into the deepest parts of my soul to talk to me 
about my thoughts first. Yes. And th from that point, then I can, we, he and I can partner together to change my behavior so that even if my kid never changes, I will still have the peace that was bought for me on the mm -hmm. cross. Yes. Because he says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And who doesn't want to be transformed? I don't want to stay this way <laughs> forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, I know that you have a project coming up that you might want to share with us because I'm you're interested. Seven. Yeah. I always have a project coming up. But... So share with us about wellness for kiddos. Yeah, I would love to um, give parents and kids a tool to help them remember just little tricks. They don't have to know about the vagus nerve, but they can certainly know that blowing out a candle might help them calm down. So um, as an artist, I've always loved to illustrate. And so why not marry the two desires and teach other people uh, some of the things that I've learned to do with my kids. And so I'd like to illustrate a set of cards for kiddos to be able to uh, use anytime they need to self-regulate or have a change in direction. And I'm really gonna be assuming that that parents are gonna wanna get their hands on these too, because <laughs> I mean, even though they'll, they're illustrated in a really cute way for kids. Um, they are very cute. They, like the, the science behind them is is there and, yeah. and even adults can, um, that works for any age, right? It works for any age. And so I know you haven't published yet, but you are um, sharing some of your early work on Instagram. Do you want to share about where people can find you there? Yeah, pe I, I, people can find me all over Instagram. But yes, my <laughs> this journey for uh, wellness cards for kids is called We Are Well Ones. And uh, you can find me on my professional art and illustration page. It's my full name. And you can go ahead and put that in the notes or something. E.Lindsay.Horncole.Art e <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. We will I, write that down. <laughs> yes, yes. And also Redwell Advent. Yes. Yeah. And Revelation Wellness. Mm -hmm. um, Redwell, Revwell Advent is my ministry through Revelation Wellness. Yes. Um, and so I am kind of all over the place on Instagram, but it's purposeful. Okay. So one last question before we sign off today, Lindsay. Um, the, the name of the podcast is Soul Grit, and we're going to be talking over um, the course of time about how we have grit for our souls and, and how our soul needs to be healthy above all else, because that's really the culmination of our mind and our body and our spirit and our heart. And so your soul care is something we'd like to hear about. I'm going to be asking guests about that. So what is one way, and we talked about this earlier, you can use that if you want, but what's one way you're caring for your soul at this time? I love to move my body. And if that means that I can go on a walk with a friend outside, that's gold for me. So just being outside is great. And having deep conversations with friends is great. But doing all those things together, that really makes my heart beat fast. And um, I need it. And it's, it's better than anything else. 
Yes. Well, I've been blessed to be able to share that with you recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. And kiddos, if you see two blonde ladies with a whole bunch of kiddos out on a hill, that's probably us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be bird watching and yeah. <laughs> writing stories in our minds. And, yes. Yeah. And playing wildcrats. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I really appreciate you, Lindsay, going first on this and um, sharing with us just from your heart about your desire to see people get well, whether that's kiddos or grownups, um, whether that's in church or moving your body or um, submitting your thoughts to Jesus. I thank you for being here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Anne. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lindsay as much as I did. At the end, she was talking about soul care, spending time talking with friends, being outside and moving your body. So I hope you take that little bit of wisdom this week and apply it to your own soul. And thank you for being here for the Soul Grit Podcast. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.